Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Friends of the Show, a podcast where I talk to one of my internet friends. Today's friend is Jeff Da Silva at Jeff Da Silva on Twitter. Jeff is my very first Canadian guest, so lucky to have him, and also one of my original Twitter followers. We talk about how he got his start in comedy, how he balances work and family. We also find out what life is like in Calgary and how he got to be one of Calgary's coolest dads. So please, without further ado, Friends of the Show, Episode 12 with Jeff Da Silva. A good stand-up, you lead the audience. You don't kowtow to the audience. Sometimes the audience is wrong. I always think that the audience is wrong. Dash, Zach Galifianakis. Yes, words to live by, Zach Galifianakis. So welcome to Friends of the Show podcast. This week's guest, Jeff DeSilva, at Jeff DeSilva on Twitter. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, all right. Glad we can uh, make it happen. You are actually the first Canadian guest that I've had, surprisingly. Oh, wow. Where have the other people been from? Uh, from the States, um, a few Brits, some, some oh, people nice. from England. So, yeah, multiple continents, but only, uh, yeah, you're the first Canadian, hopefully first of many. Oh, sweet. So, uh, yeah. what... what <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, hopefully... Uh, I don't. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I guess I'm, I represent like the April wine. You're making your CanCon contribution. Yeah. <laughs> are podcasts subject to CanCon laws and that sort of thing? You know, I don't believe that they are, but that's a good point. I probably haven't hit the <laughs> requirements so far, so I might need to up yeah. the CanCon for those listening yeah. outside of Canada. <laughs> There's a like a rule that you have to play a certain amount of Canadian produced content like, on the radio. So that's CanCon, the CanCon rule. Yeah, it's an awful rule. It's not great, but I think it is good. It's sort of like it's uh, good to promote people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think we gotta yeah. sort of give our our own artists a little bit of a leg up sometimes. Yeah, because they get lost uh, in the shuffle of all the U.S. artists. Yeah, all these beavers and arcade fires and, and those guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, great Canadian uh, bands. Definitely check yeah. check them out <laughs> if you haven't heard of them. Check out Justin Bieber Justin if you Bieber. haven't heard of him. Little guy from uh, Strathmore, Ontario. Shout out to uh, Strathmore, Ontario. <laughs> and you are actually joining us from, we should mention, Calgary. Yes, yeah. And that is not in Ontario. It's in a different province altogether. Yeah. Uh, do do people need context as to what provinces are versus yep. states? Okay, so provinces are are like our territorial divisions in Canada. So we have uh, I I don't know how many of them we have. <laughs> <laughs> we got into this this mess where we can't walk, uh, dig ourselves out. Yeah. We don't know how many provinces yeah. and territories. Right. Shout out yeah. to Nunavut and uh, Northwest Territories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but you're definitely I think in we have Alberta. Over eight. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's not try to name them. We don't need to. It, uh, nope. let's, yeah, just keep moving on. As long as people know that you're from Canada, but a different part of Canada that I'm in. Yes, our uh, our our air quality is much better here. Yeah, you're sort of out there but, in the middle. Yeah, we're out there in the middle. 
there's not a lot going on. We're much colder. You guys have much nicer bodies of water, more humid environments. We get more nosebleeds uh, out here. Um, I don't know what else uh, that differentiates us. The cowboy you, factor. You guys have? Do you guys have a cheesecake factory over there? Uh, maybe in Toronto actually, but no, I don't think so. You guys have a Wayne Gretzky's? Yes. Uh, bar. We got a Wayne yeah, we Gretzky's. We got Although, a Don Cherry's. <laughs> <laughs> we got all the hockey uh, bars. <laughs> All the hockey bars. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Wendell Clark, think, does he have a bar? Yeah, Wendell Clark does. Uh, or he did. I don't know if he does anymore. But he, <laughs> he did? You think oh, he wow, got amazing. out of the business, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a, big part of, <laughs> it's a big part of the city, the hockey celebrity bars. The hockey celebrity bar. Matt Sundin has a bar. Maybe in Sweden. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. I'd um, like to go there one day. Yeah, that'd be great. Actually, we had a guest from Finland on the podcast, so... Oh, cool. Yeah, we'll have to check that one out at malt underscore skull. <laughs> it was a fun one. <laughs> um, oh, sweet. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I've known you for <laughs> online for uh, many years. Uh, you so a real OG Twitter guy, as it were. Like, back when I had, like, 200, 300 followers. Um, we met through, I guess, mutual comedy circles. Uh, I heard about you, and you're very funny, so definitely got in there on the ground floor. So thank you for <laughs> sticking it out with me uh, on Twitter for this long. Um, That's good. Yeah, and you've you've exploded in the Twitter sphere. How How did you come to know about me? Yeah, had to be through uh, definitely mutual acquaintance. Uh, Amanda Brooke Perrin, shout out to her. Um, she is originally from Calgary. Yes. And uh, that she moved to Toronto. That's where I got to know her. Um, and yeah, and then she opened up my eyes to a world of Calgary comedians like uh, you <laughs> and Will Weldon, <laughs> who I hadn't known prior. Uh, <laughs> and Cold Fries. Cold fries, yeah, and we'll definitely get to all these characters later on in the show. <laughs> so, oh, that's great. So, yeah, very, uh, very cool bunch, and yeah, I got to know you online. Really liked your comedy, uh, and yeah, been best of friends ever since. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's all. It's always nice to actually talk to someone on uh, the the actual kind of like voice thing when you haven't. It, like this is the first time that we've ever spoken, and real life but it feels like i I know you to some extent but i always anticipate like if i if i meet someone from the uh internet for the first time or something like that that they're gonna have like like i thought maybe you'd have like a very cartoonish like voice or something like that like an old-timey prospector but you're you sound very normal so that's nice it's uh i i'm always like oh i wonder how this person's gonna sound or whatever uh so it's always a surprise it's like a little movie or a little, little cliffhanger that I treat myself to whenever I <laughs> chat some chat to someone on the internet, which doesn't happen very often. But uh, but yeah, uh, I got I a completely normal exciting. voice. Nothing weird about this voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the Hank Azaria. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, I wonder if he'll have a cartoony voice. You know, um, sometimes I actually do. Do you? I can do a cartoony kind of voice, but. We don't want to get bogged down <laughs> too much as we go. Uh, get you're the rubber the voice, They're like how Jim Carrey has his rubber face. Yeah, uh, yeah, or yeah, the police yeah. academy guy, Michael Winslow. I'm not. Oh like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a siren. 
Cool. Uh, um, all cool. right. So, <laughs> so just if the listeners don't know uh, about you, other than you're from Calgary, uh, yes, very funny. Um, you're a performer. You perform stand-up comedy in and around, so in the comedy scene. Uh, and if yes. I am not mistaken, even interned at Conan. Uh, yeah. I guess my backstory, I, I used to do improv for, so we have an improv theater out here in Calgary called the Loose Moose Theater. Okay. And uh, it had a variety of different people uh, kind of come out of it. And uh, some I had some really great mentors out of out of that program or whatever it is. And that's where I met Will Weldon. Uh, and we both met during a high school theater sports tournament. And then also uh, Dave Lawrence, who... Uh, who did the Fubar movies okay, uh, with yeah, Paul yeah. Spence? Yeah, uh, he was uh, someone who was older than me, who kind of kind of watched me when I first started doing improv. And Levi McDougal, who actually ended up uh, writing on Conan, but was Dimitri Martin's writer and uh, uh, tour mate for a long time. And then uh, I don't know. We've had some uh, like my my uh, friend Andrew uh, is now on Kim's Convenience. It seems to produce a bunch of. Uh, People who do stuff kind of abroad and and within Canada, so it seems to. So that's how I got started. I think I just got started doing improv, and then uh, eventually liked writing stuff. So I got into stand up, and then um, I don't know. I tried to. I I always kind of had like degree type things. Like my I was very kind of scholastic. So I always kind of did this stuff on the side and figured if anything ever broke, then I could do it full time. And now my life is kind of a hybrid of the two where I where I'll do I'll get into periods where I'm doing lots of stuff comedy wise. And then I and then I'll I'll do a lot of stuff, I guess, uh, normal kind of normal day to day career wise. So not too interesting. <laughs> but uh, in the scheme of things, I, I end up doing a bunch of short films and eventually I uh, got offered an internship at the Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. I was going to move down there uh, right before it got canceled. <laughs> and then <laughs> the following year, I got to go intern at Conan proper on TBS. So. Right. So you were there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that crazy transitional period where everyone was like, what the heck? Yes, that was my – I was living <laughs> it day to day. It was crazy. when we We were literally looking for sublets the day that TMZ – was like, hey, Jay Leno's not happy about his position about leaving NBC or whatever happened at that point. And uh, I don't know if you remember that last Conan uh, before, like the last Tonight Show before it got canceled, where Conan's like, if you if you're a nice person and you do lots of, I forgot the quote. It's my one of my favorite <laughs> quotes, but it's one of my favorite quotes. But I can't recall what it was. But it is like. If you just like keep on doing good things, amazing things will happen. It felt like when he said that, uh, I remember watching and being like, oh, my gosh, my dream of uh, working for this guy is crumbling. And it was like the saddest moment. But eventually I got to kind of go live out that, that dream. Yeah, and then uh, made, made a bunch of friends in Los Angeles and stuff. So. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, I don't want to gloss over the people that you mentioned, uh, like Will Weldon, who's now out there in L.A., uh, does a cool show. And um, obviously Levi McDougal, very cool guy. Uh, he did a stint in Toronto as well. He was one of the Laugh Sabbath guys uh, and very, very funny uh, dude. You can check him out on Conan. He's often in those Conan sketches. And yeah, you mentioned that he wrote for Dimitri Martin. I think uh, he helped on the new Dimitri Martin movie, Dean. 
which is just yes. coming out in theaters, or as of this recording, it just just coming out in theaters this weekend. So very cool uh, stuff from the Calgary crew. Yeah, I almost I remember when like a lot of people in Calgary got to the point where they would they would either move to Toronto or quit, and a lot of people were going to Humber Comedy College, like yeah. the comedy program there. Mm-hmm. And so Levi was one of the first people to move, and then um, a friend of mine, Megan Fraser moved yeah. out to Toronto and I think she stayed there now permanently. And then um Will uh moved out there. And I remember I was in uh a university program doing a psychology or doing an economics degree and I failed something. I had I'd never failed like any sort of course before. I I'm uh if the listeners can't see I'm, <laughs> I'm of South Asian descent. So I was naturally uh good at school i guess so i had never failed anything and i came home to my parents i'm like i'm not good at this one thing that i failed and didn't want to bother trying to get any better at it and i'm like you know what i think i'm gonna move to uh toronto do comedy college and they're like we'll totally support you in doing that but why don't you just like finish out your second semester of options and see if you like something because it's nice to have like some sort of degree and then i uh had a bunch of psychology options uh, that second semester, and I really loved it. And I ended up meeting uh, the person who became my wife in psychology afterwards and just did my major in that, always with the plan of just doing comedy on the side and seeing what comes of it. So in the end, I got to kind of live out my dream, but it was like toward, it was like through some wonky circumstances. But I remember like when Levi moved there, he, I think his roommates were uh tim gilbert and nathan fielder yeah is what i what i understand and both of those like all of them have very distinct comedic voices but also like exactly my taste in uh and comedy in terms of like things that i like and things that i find really funny so yeah those guys all three of those guys you mentioned are very funny uh listeners will probably recognize the name nathan fielder from the show nathan from you on comedy central very funny like one of the most innovative and uh original comedy shows that have come out in the last few years just so amazing uh one of the best and tim gilbert very funny one of toronto's like funniest comedians i'm hoping to get him on the show so hopefully he can come on and everyone will see how funny he is uh because definitely i want to tell everybody that tim gilbert one of the funniest dudes out there yeah and levi mcdougall like we mentioned everyone should already know he's writing on conan uh writing on that dimitri martin movie so definitely one of the funniest guys so it's a good good cluster a good group yeah, it's a good group of people, and people seem to continue to do interesting things and stuff. So we'll see where that takes me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but I continue to kind of be doing different things and have good opportunities come up here and there. So Yeah, and it's so great. You got to meet the love of your life, you know, start yeah. your fam out there. Yeah. All yeah. The, all the good stuff, and then still sort of dabble just enough to scratch that itch. Yeah, and uh, I think, like, come to the like as i've kind of uh done stuff like i've come to the conclusion that i can continue to do both like i can be both a dad family normal person and continue to do my other stuff and to varying degrees at different points in my life i'll be able to focus on one more than the other but my i've come to the like as i even over the past i think couple of years as my two daughters have grown up, I've come to the conclusion that, like, I'm I'm finding so much more 
I'm becoming so much more of an interesting person <laughs> on the basis <laughs> of what my actual experiences are. So I think like it's like if uh, I don't know what the what the the quote is, but when they they say that like almost you have to have, you have to have lived some sort of life to be able to write about something. Yeah, feel like I'm in that stage in my life now where I'm like, oh, wow, I'm experiencing all these great things and kind of starting to discover maybe who I am as a, as a writer or comic or whatever it is. And it's giving me fuel and inspiration and that sort of thing. And that will eventually kind of accumulate into something that I produce at something or some uh, undisclosed time. But I trust the process, I guess, because I could have never um, back when I like when I actually got to Internet Conan or whatever it is, I could have never anticipated being from Calgary that 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 would have ever happened or whatever. But I just kind of I think like I just continue to make stuff and put stuff out there constantly mm-hmm. uh, and uh, trusted that like if I found something funny, then eventually it would resonate with someone. And uh, I got to do kind of what when I was 15, I wanted to intern for Conan. So got to kind of live out what like I, I kind of got to peak too soon, <laughs> I guess. I got to like, I got to do at age 26, 27, I got to actually live out my dream job. And then the rest of my life has been trying to piece together what to do from there. And I think I'll, I'll eventually land on some sort of path. But uh, what I'm doing now is seems to be like, inter- it's uh, really interests me and really kind of inspires me. So yeah, I mean, hey, yeah. I, I love what you're doing. You're on all the social medias doing real fun stuff. Uh, I love it. I don't go on Facebook as much as uh, I should, I guess, or I don't know. But uh, you have real fun videos all the time on Instagram and on uh, Facebook. A lot of stuff. You're commenting, funny statuses. <laughs> you're out there. You're mixing it up, right? So you're living your yeah, life. Yeah, mixing on it one up. Hand. And I think like the key will be uh, another guy who moved out to Toronto from Calgary is a fellow named Ryan Kukak. Uh, I don't know if he he's he's involved with comedy bar and that sort of thing, but he's uh, one of the funniest people I know. And he actually did. Eventually, I went and did my MBA, so like a master's in business at uh, University of Calgary here. But he was doing his undergrad in management, so a B- Bachelor of Commerce. And so we're both like these kind of business majors that loved comedy. Mm-hmm. And so me and him have started collaborating on different writing things and that sort of thing. And uh, I think that both our kind of voices complement each other and our processes kind of work. Like he's really good at like getting stuff done and I'm really good at like having ideas, but not acting upon them. Yes. Uh, so, so those things really kind of complement each other. And I feel like uh, beyond kind of the things that I'm doing on the internet, I bet I'd wager in the next uh, couple of years, we'll be having some writing stuff and maybe, maybe find, uh, I don't know, end up writing for something or, or doing something in that kind of vein. And I still plug, I, I love, love performing. I love like doing live comedy and that sort of thing. So as my life, as my uh, day-to-day life starts to settle down, yeah, I plan to be doing more. I think like the, the cool thing about someone like Amanda Perrin uh, is that she like performed so much and built such a community around herself while also doing things on the internet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it really helped to kind of like really, really magnify her social media presence and stuff like that. Because I think like people can like read what you write, which is like one thing on Twitter and you can build an audience from there. But I think like once you're out in the community doing podcasts or, or what have you, 
uh, and doing things where people can actually get to meet you and get to know who you are, really, uh, you can actually really, really kind of start to build up uh, an audience or whatever it is. So just like amazing examples of people who build communities around themselves. Yeah, really great. A lot of great people. And I'm glad to hear that you're still in it, still writing away and look forward to your future content. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and i mean like i have to say uh, your uh twitter has exploded and i would say what the past oh, two years hey, or year yeah, and a half oh, yeah hey thanks yeah. jeff yeah uh yeah it's definitely been a yeah. huge uh, explosion over the last couple of years um uh, from like 300 yeah. to whatever a few thousands and uh yeah I'd happy to have friends like you along the way yeah no it's an awesome i think like most of the people i met from twitter turned out to be pretty cool nice people and very maybe it gets right to the core of who you you're you're so kind of nakedly sharing kind of whatever thoughts you have that the people who resonate with that stuff end up actually being people that you would get along with in real life because i've had for the most part like Hit it, hit it off really well with anyone that I've kind of met via Twitter uh, in real life. So, or like when I've talked with them or whatever it is, it seems like, oh, we already know each other, but we're actually just talking a different medium. So. Yeah. And that's kind of part of this podcast, too, to uh, put a voice to some of the friends that I've met. Because, um, you know, a lot of cool people out there. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm not being terribly boring. <laughs> Listeners, write yeah. in if you think Jeff is being boring up to this point. Yeah. Send us a tweet oh, you at have a Jeff DeSilva on Twitter. No, no, this will be out in uh, several weeks. I think like oh, okay. mid July, okay. this will be out. Um, so oh, okay, so I we can like make predictions or talk about things that uh, we think are going to happen in several weeks. Yeah, so July fifteenth, uh, I think, and is see what if we're they at. come true. Yeah. So, uh, like, just what movie's coming out uh, two weeks from now? I don't know, but we're already past Canada 150, right? We've already partied uh, through Canada's 150th birthday. Oh, yeah. On July 1st. I got to see uh, Tegan and Sarah Oof. at uh, uh, the Riverfront uh, Canada 150 celebration, and boy, it was good. Oh, I bet that uh, was a great show. Edit out everything I said before, <laughs> and just we'll make it about... Uh, the thor movie and stuff like that (laughs) yeah be sure to go see thor ragnarok in theaters now (laughs) in theaters today (laughs) in this moment right now uh yeah so yeah i think uh that's cool (laughs) that'll come out in two weeks hopefully we're around then yeah, I hope the world uh, still exists, hubbub. but yeah. uh, if the world yeah. doesn't exist, be sure to tweet us and let us know. F-O-T-S yeah. pod on Twitter. So, okay, so we should keep this podcast train rolling. Rolling. Uh, yes, okay. and your story that you are going to share with us uh, is entitled, How I Got My Dad Bod in Eight Steps or Less. Yeah, so I, I was trying to think of a title and trying to summarize what what we would talk about here i think like what what uh, i guess that came to me in terms of i once again kind of uh, reiterating what i was talking about with uh me really kind of starting to find who i am uh and what my comedic voice is uh via my children and via like instagram stories really like i had come to twitter from a performing background in performing or like doing stand up and doing improv and stuff like that, I always felt like I had, uh, like I kind of felt like I figured out not not exactly my voice, but I had like some timing that that didn't really come across on on Twitter. I think, right? Or 
Yeah, like I felt like I could write, and that would be a, a certain kind of character on Twitter or whatever. And I felt like I could also perform, and the way I'd perform would be different, or it, would, it was more authentically myself, I guess. Then I went to Los Angeles and saw like the most amazing comedians uh, I could possibly imagine. So they used to still do Comedy Bang Bang Live, like uh, Scott Ackerman's yes. $5 comedy show where like Zach Alpanakis would show up and Aziz Ansari would show up to test his material and what have you. Like all the best people uh, used to show up for five bucks. So while I was living in Los Angeles, me and my wife went every Tuesday to watch Comedy Bang Bang at the UCB franklin theater and uh i got super inspired and at the same time another show had started uh maybe about six months prior to us moving there called meltdown um yes. with uh kumail and jonah ray so i was being exposed to all these like amazing comedians and i think like i came back and kind of drifted from what i was doing uh, a little bit because i was wanting to emulate like i got to see john mulaney right before maybe new in town or one of those specials and just killing and and yeah just killing and in los angeles they committed so much to their like they were so fleshed out sometimes some of these comedians and watching them especially at those shows where it was like the cream of the crop people that i was like i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna like write like almost like paul f Tompkins style very wordy very like not thoughtful but like i don't know like poetic type comedy and then I was going to deliver it theatrically. And I think I came back and had moved away from me just being kind of goofy one-liner Jeff. I was like, this is my kind of ticket. To, like, I, I've always been in search of kind of what my comedic voice was. And and then I feel like I kind of lost myself. Like, I was trying to kind of emulate all these people I looked up to. And then around that time, Netflix became available and uh, comedy on YouTube was available and that sort of thing. So I think I like had trouble differentiating myself from my influences. So I was all this stuff was available, and then I was like, like listen to Tig Nataro and then sit down and write like a joke that sounded like Tig but didn't quite sound like myself. Mm, and yeah. uh, sounds like kind you're of, overthinking yeah. it, Jeff. Sounds like you were overthinking it. it. So I was overthinking it, and then stopped kind of performing for a while and then started like every time I had a different kid, I started and stopped and <laughs> took breaks and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then just, uh, I don't know, like six, seven months ago, Instagram stories came out and I, I knew that they had like vine and stuff like that before. And I was kind of dabbling in that on in different ways and stuff like that. But, uh, with Instagram stories, I started like, cause that was my place to kind of capture some of my, memories with of my kids and that sort of thing and the day-to-day things that I was doing with my daughter before I had my second daughter and then uh the feedback and like people uh writing to me or people I'd run into they they it was like super positive uh in terms of like oh keep on doing those silly videos or whatever and I was like oh that's actually like the most like me uh, that that I can be online I guess yeah like, you it's found the your most, true like, voice yeah. and it's a dad so, voice yeah, it's totally it's it's totally a dad voice, but it, and it's like totally like so. I think like that. Yeah, that's what my title. <laughs> that's what my title means in that long rambling thing is that I kind of found my comedic voice through my dadhood, I guess, and now I'm starting to explore that, which is really exciting. Yeah, and um, uh, the yeah. videos are really funny. Uh, I don't think I can really play any on the podcast. There's not much uh, audio 
value in that, right? But go check out your Instagram. Are you your Jeff De Silva? At yeah. yeah, and then I I had the good fortune of uh, a, a blogger in Calgary uh, named Mike Morrison start to kind of notice uh, my writing on Twitter, and then I also am followed by a few uh, late night Colbert writers. Just one of the people that interned with me. Uh, ended up writing for Colbert and then uh, a few other people who had randomly started following me at different points in my kind of Twitter stuff started following. So in that kind of period as well, recently, one of these people retweeted something of mine and then Andy Richter retweeted it, which was like super exciting and cool and was like a reminder to like keep on doing stuff and keep on making stuff and you don't know who's going to notice as long as you kind of keep on creating stuff that you're proud of and i don't know so you know that's a recurring theme of the podcast jeff you just keep at it you keep your head down keep working and then boom andy richter retweet yeah and i i mean like i don't know what comes i think like all of that has to be paired with like if it depends on what your kind of ends are for for whatever you're doing i think but I think, like, if I want to be a writer, then it has to be paired with me having the discipline to actually write uh, scripts and stuff like that. Uh, and just continue to use Twitter and all these other outlets as a way to kind of draw attention to myself and say, hey, I, I write regularly. And then if that kind of leads to the right connections or right network, uh, you can definitely probably leverage that to to at least get your work seen by people who could give you good advice and then from there it's just maybe luck so yeah it's a slow uh crawl right um but as long as you keep sort of inching your way towards your goals and it's important to have goals jeff like your goal of being internet conan guess what 15 year old jeff you did it (laughs) yeah we did it you did it uh do you want to? Are you? Do you have some desires to to be a, a sitcom writer, stand up comedian, or? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what I uh, would like to do in the end. You know, sort of like you, maybe like keep dabbling in it as a hobby and then see what happens, see where it goes. Because like you, yeah, I'm making a lot of very cool, funny, uh, and influential friends. And who knows if we will be able to collaborate on future projects because I'd love to. i uh, love to do funny stuff and, yeah, put put it out there for everyone to see. Like a podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it's like, it's just such a great medium. I don't think I'd know anyone outside of Calgary if I, uh, if all these things, well, it's a great medium. <laughs> it's, it's also, uh, leading to the downfall of, uh, everything. As well, oh yeah. So. It's a, uh, it's a yeah. blessing and a curse, but what are yeah. we going to do? But we get, yeah, we get to read all these hilarious things. And like, I mean, like at the same time as like, I mean, the Kofifi thing or whatever that just happened four weeks ago. Uh. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, that, like, it's, there's, some, there's something of beauty of watching a collective kind of consciousness uh, react to the craziest thing to ever happen in my lifetime. And I think that's neat, a neat thing via social media. So if you can ignore all the, like, bad people and stuff and whatever then 
it's cool that it exists. I'm happy. Uh, yeah, so. definitely a jungle out there. You got to avoid the bad stuff. You got to kind of gravitate towards the good stuff. All right, so let's get into the tweets. You have sent okay. me three tweets of your own concoction that uh, you like. So the first tweet, <clears throat> super bummed out. Just read some other guy on Facebook has the best mom. Yeah, so you want to kind of play by yeah it's like a tweet around mother's day i'm presuming it's yeah it was a tweet around mother's day and everyone was writing about how like their mom was the best Mm -hmm. and my mom wasn't isn't really often on facebook she maybe sometimes checks out my dad's facebook and stuff like that but um i you know what i was just trying to what happened was this blogger in calgary retweeted something of mine and katie lang of Ken Con fame. KD Lang uh, started following me, and what? so then it made my goal uh, over the next few weeks to write things that I thought would maybe resonate <laughs> with her kind just of KD Lang centric content. KD Lang. So I've just been like plugging away and trying to do that. I think what what I what I why I kind of selected this is that uh, in this kind of journey to kind of find my comedic voice i think that there's times where i was trying to write like uh like there's there's times when i'll write something really kind of insular or maybe a reference that people not everyone will get and that's like cool and stuff like that but i also have been starting to try and like write to see like oh what's gonna get like a lot of like what's gonna be broad enough that it's gonna appeal to katie lang and what's (laughs) interesting about all that and what i think the topic of what we're trying to talk about here is that because Twitter, like, you you get, like, an endorphin rush every time someone likes something or favorites something or retweets or someone gives you a shout-out or whatever it is, there might be a possibility that that might be a not-great approach in terms of my writing. Right. Like, sometimes it's great because maybe you can, like, build a broader audience and stuff like that, but sometimes you end up either uh, just making it so broad that there's no resonance with who I am or whatever it is. In this case, this was something that actually I've a joke that I've done on stage and stuff like that. So I was kind of like, okay, whatever it's like resonates with me. But I was like using that as a platform to talk about like how Twitter as a medium can, can, uh, can certainly push people to write in different ways and whether that's good or bad or not. I think it's something to pay attention to, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, it turns out that that guy does have the best mom. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely does. (laughs) I mean, just the best. Okay, so the second tweet that you sent is a very funny one. uh, And it is, it's kind of like, uh, it's David Blaine's email signature. And it says, sent from your iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's exactly how it should be read. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I watch so much. I like magic and ghosts and and uh magic and ghosts. Of, I don't know, like garbage. Together at last. I like magic and ghosts <laughs> and wizards and stuff like that. And uh, I um so I tweeted that t- twice in my kind of Twitter career. I think you caught that that I had written it once and then uh the second time around I just did a screen cap it was a of uh, email and it was around the time that it, it was around the time that David Blaine had his latest special or whatever. Yeah, he was and, doing something. And uh, I had had a few more followers, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put this out there again. <laughs> and that one happened to be the one that got a bunch of plays. So that's another lesson for Twitter people is that 
sometimes you write something really great in the infancy of when you started writing out things and maybe at that time you didn't have the followership or maybe you didn't, uh, who knows, it may have been the time of day. I tweet a lot at like two or three in the morning and I don't stop myself, even though that might not be prime time or whatever to get a lot of, it's just like where, when I find myself most kind of creative and also I'm awake at that time and free at that time. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, another lesson is like, don't give up on, like if you write something that you find funny, it'll, you, you might be able to Megan Amram like I see her retweet herself and different people like uh, I think Rob Delaney used to do that too as you'd see something that he tweeted a long time ago and then he'd retweet or just rewrite the same joke but yeah. he had a bigger followership at that point and then you would see it kind of get some play or, or uh, get lots of retweets yeah and it's fun to see like uh, an old joke do well uh, especially when you didn't you didn't know about if it was gonna be uh, funny or not because you only had 13 followers at the time when you tweeted it you know yeah yeah right. I yeah I, I so I I don't know I like that tweet I guess so yeah, that's great Let, tweet so yeah. nice you tweeted it twice yes great um so the third and final Jeff De Silva tweet that we will uh, be examining tonight is your favorite tweet. You say this is your favorite yes. Jeff De Silva tweet, and uh, it go like that: Does your screenplay feature a sweet whale that jumps over stuff? No. Well, it probably sucks compared to my movie Fly Whale: The Jumpening. <laughs> uh, I this one. So I don't know how to like search my back tweets other than like if I like downloaded them all via the the Twitter native oh, no, uh, Jeff, website Jeff, or whatever Jeff, it is. Jeff, 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 but Jeff. you can do it really quick. So. Yeah, there's uh, there's like um, parameters that you can use. Uh, so if you want to find a Jeff De Silva tweet, you could do from colon Jeff De Silva, and then any keywords that you can think of. I don't know, like fly whale the jumpening and, and then you'd find <laughs> fly whale the jumpening and it boom it would come out come right up or you can find any tweets that have fly whale the jumpening in it like if there's more than one they would all come up and then you can find them right there and you can you know retweet yourself like you're mentioning you can direct message them to some friends <laughs> hey did you miss this yeah. fly whale the jumpening the jumpening <laughs> yeah you can't uh, forget that so when i when i graduated from my mba program and came back from conan i thought i was gonna just jump into like a really high paying job like i i in my brain or whatever i thought like either i was gonna be a writer for conan or some star or i was gonna come back here and with my degree get some like great job and i'd be able to move on with my life but it, it didn't happen like it turns out that one i didn't have a ton of work experience and then two uh, I can't just in life. You can't just rely on like what your credentials say. You have, you actually have to go and meet people and network and and actually actively work to try and get a job. What? So for like a year, yeah. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I just like nah, do we? Yeah, for a year. I after that thinking i had my golden ticket to stardom or whatever it was i uh just did temp job like via kind of the temp agency here and i remember like going to the coca-cola factory and i was counting bottle caps uh for like eight bucks an hour or something like that and i had and i had this i had a great degree and a great kind of life experience and thinking like oh I guess I'm going to be like just Joe bottle cap counter, <laughs> which was cool. Like I met someone who knew Bruce McCulloch uh, from kids in the hall and had like literally like 
his whole career or like his early career, they used to like load Canada dry onto flats. And Bruce was this funny guy back then. And it was like, uh, and they were like, they, at one point they were like, Jeff, if you want to be here forever, we can make that happen. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if I can like count bottle caps yeah. forever. Uh, and I wanted to have kids and a family and that sort of thing. And I remember at that time, I just like uh, Lil Wayne. So I listened to a lot of rap music and Lil Wayne kept on doing, um, the like the drought series of mixtapes and that sort of thing and would just like almost free associate put rap albums out okay and so at that time i was like at my parents house and married or at my in-laws house and married and not making very much money and had no way to get out so i was just like i'm just gonna write everything that comes to my mind like no no barriers and like throw shit at the wall and see what sticks i guess that kind of uh arose from that kind of free creative period where I was just like, I felt like some of the tweets from that time were like my favorite things, but I didn't have a ton of followers at that time. They were, it was like throwing into a void, but I felt like really creative and really trying to give it my all in terms of like, you notice me or like, I think at the, during that point, at a certain point, like people like Blaine Capach and uh, Deborah Giovanni and stuff started following me. So Heck I think yeah. like it did result in some fruits and, and really cool things. But at the time I was just like, and that tweet in particular, I just like always laugh because I like things that are like almost Simpsons-esque or like goofy cartoon, like a cartoon world and kind yeah. of absurd. So, Well, it's a very delightful tweet. Thank you for sharing those with us. Yeah. Shout out to Blaine Capatch. <laughs> yes. Very funny. Yeah. He is great. So now we get into the tweets from other people. First tweet you have selected is from Connor O'Malley at Connor underscore O'Malley on Twitter. One of the big boys of funny (laughs) jokes. Um, So his tweet is, for my honeymoon, me and 15 of my boys are going to Tampa. Uh, I love, so I love Connor O'Malley. I see there's certain like people who are like certain writers and certain oftentimes it's it's people who end up actually being tied to like the old conan days but i like like andy blitz and um what uh what's his name who like a lot of the people who produce on like review and like nathan for you or like john glazer like there's certain type of people who who their comedic voices resonate with me so much and i don't know if it's because as a 15 year old staying up and watching all those old conans I don't, there was something that resonated with that. And then Connor O'Malley was a writer for Seth Meyers, but he did a bunch of kind of like shorts and like Vine stuff. And I find that like his Twitter is so he's, his, his voice and his character shines through so much in his, on his Twitter feed that without the context of like that, all of his tweets are like this kind of coming from this one voice. You'd be like, Oh, what's so funny about that. But like, there's so many things funny about that. Like even that particular tweet (laughs) to me, I guess. So I don't know if it, if it resonates with you or whatever, but yes. And it it is also because I do know the Connor O'Malley character, the voice of it, but that definitely does help. Yeah. I, I just think it's like interesting because there's like, you can write the perfect joke, but the, some people are really good at like, and it's gotten harder during the kind of Trump era when everything's getting a thousand retweets if it's a great political joke or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, it's gotten hard for people to really hash out those really great characters and that almost like, I don't know, it's 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 like what, 
like Rob Delaney when he was kind of before he hit a million followers and moved to the UK and bombed on on Kimmel or whatever it was like when he had his voice fleshed out you could kind of predict that that was something that that character would say and I think like Connor O'Malley does that so great I think I just read that one that he's now married to AD Bryant or they got engaged oh is he and then two yeah and then two I don't know if he's writing at Seth Meyers so that makes me excited that either something's he's going to have his own show or something big is going to, he works with Joe Parra a lot and I find Joe Parra really resonates with me in terms of things. So yeah. I don't know. That was one of my favorite things. Yeah. Great. Uh, like, yeah. Definitely yeah. give him a look and check out the old vines. I don't know if they're still up, but his old vines were very, very funny too. Yeah. On YouTube, there's a big compilation of, of him and he started doing it on an Instagram story too, which, uh, which is just great. I don't know. He's the best. Nice. Yeah, everyone should move to Instagram stories. I think that's the moral of the podcast. Yes, yes. Great. Okay, second tweet that you have sent in is from Brendan O'Hare at Brendo Hare, another one of the classic uh, funny dudes. So this tweet is, uh, a good bus driver has no tolerance for passengers who try to get everyone on one side of the bus to try and tip the bus over. Uh, yeah, once again, someone who I feel like his comedic voice is really present throughout everything that he writes. So he has more of like an innocent, and he is like a younger a dude. Young he, is, guy. he has more of a, yeah, a more of an innocent boyish kind of charm to all the things that he writes. And I oftentimes find myself like I go through periods where when I'm looking for inspiration, I'll, I'll visit the same accounts over and over again, and I go constantly to Connor O'Malley and Brendan O'Hare's uh, Twitter accounts because I find that something about what they write uh oftentimes will make me like actually physically laugh out loud i think that's a goal for like when i write now i try and think of like what's gonna make me laugh like beyond like what's gonna get a lot of play or what's gonna like i don't know i'm like uh, what's gonna like make me giggle yeah there's a difference between a joke being like clever and you people go "Hmm, that's clever or something making you physically uh laugh you know on the subway or whatever yeah like (laughs) i just so my so my i nathan for you is my favorite show on tv and it consistently they and lo and behold like there's a bunch of old conan producers and writers or whatever who helped to create that show and Nathan's voice is so distinct and so like if you look at Nathan's old Toronto like when he was collaborating with Chris Locke and when he was he used to have like a little blog and stuff like that his voice was so fleshed out at that point and so funny like this I think someone gave me a link to like his old he just had like a blog where he was posting photos of himself at parties and, <laughs> nice. and it was so much like who he is now and what the comedy that he's making on TV but like watching Nathan for you, actually, there's points where I have to leave the room because I'm like crying, laughing or like watching review with Andy Daly. Like those things. I don't know. I, I'm always I, I'm such a nerd about some comedy stuff or like Rory Scoville is my favorite kind oh, of stand up yeah. comedian going right now. And I just love, like, I love, like, almost like a mischievousness to certain people's comedy mm-hmm. and uh, a little shit disturbery type stuff, like the Bone Zone podcast guys and that sort of thing. Brendan O'Hare seems to have kind of like a like a little kind of uh, shit disturber type uh, vibe to the stuff that he does. Like, it's a little, it's a little more silly and a little bit more innocent than, say, Connor O'Malley, but 
Like Connor O'Malley has this great video where he goes into Burger King dressed as a McDonald's employee. And it's like the funny. It's so funny. It's the funniest thing. So like I just like like those things, I guess. And that's why I picked those two in particular to talk about. Yeah, those are great. Uh, and now finally we come to uh, a local Canadian uh, person, Sarah Adams, right? Uh, at Sarah Adams, S-A-R-A-G-H Adams. Uh, and the tweet that you have selected is, she says, Waldo goes to India, finds himself. Yeah, so uh, Sarah Adams is a friend of mine uh, from Calgary, uh, and she's—I would say she's has quite a Twitter following, quite a social media following and presence and stuff like that. But she's a brilliant writer. I just like there's been some things that I would say, and I was trying to find also one like Amanda Parent too. Like her and Sarah, I find from our community, they're really, really brilliant writers that they sometimes so succinctly get it like sarah's joke there is so succinctly put i like things when they're like if someone can make a joke in like three or four words megan amram sometimes does this where it's just like such a well thought and thought out and phrased joke uh i don't know there's something like like the art to some of that i mean ab's gonna share your uh he moped joke (laughs) as well because I think like there, there's something uh, really nice and brilliant about uh, these people who can craft these perfect one-liners, and and Sarah is a brilliant comedic mind who also has an art, like a legit art background. Uh, so I just find there's um, I don't know there's levels that you really get yeah there's like levels to what she writes, and I think she wrote this other tweet that I think was gonna be one of the ones I'd recommend to check out that was about do babies know that they're crowd surfing all the time or something like that <laughs> like it was it was phrased like that and it was so funny like it was such a astute observation about something um that i I thought I was like, oh this person is so brilliant and she like when she like started to build like she probably could like talk more about how she built up her social media presence and stuff like that. But like, it was just amazing to see the trajectory of people kind of jumping on board and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's great to see like, all uh, of these people, people. Get noticed. Yeah. When yeah. They, when I think you, Amanda Perrin, Sarah, like all of you guys have like, uh, ascended to the, uh, to the stratosphere of tons <laughs> of followers and stuff like that. Whereas I wallow in the depths of, I got like a good thousand people, but they're like, uh, they're a dedicated group, but they're yeah, not. Uh, real, they're uh, not accumulating beyond that. But Jeff heads. But I'm okay with that. Well, now, definitely so. after yeah, this podcast drops, the numbers will skyrocket. Oh yeah! Right, listeners, get out there, great. hit that so, follow button yes. at Jeff DeSilva. <laughs> okay. I always get to, I always get self conscious too after I get like I always felt like when I started to get people that I used to respect or like comedians that I used to look up to, I I started to get nervous about what I would write and start to be like, Oh, I wonder if uh, Matt Bronger is going to like this or if some, like if some of these people who follow me, I was like, Oh my gosh, now this person's following. And like, I think that's a bad thing on my part. Like, I think like you got to keep on, being true to what brought you to the game in the first place you versus that right Jeff, it's the recurring theme it's the recurring theme you just got to keep doing what you're doing yeah so yeah. great so we now move on to questions submitted via twitter 
for Jeff. Now, you are the first guest from Calgary, and I felt bad because I hadn't had a lot of Calgary-themed content, so I reached out to some of Calgary's uh, most well-known friends uh, of the show. We've also uh, talked about these people already in this show. So the first question comes from Amanda Brooke Perrin at Brooke Perrin on Twitter. Everyone, please follow this very funny uh, lady. She asks, Jeff, who are your Calgary-themed enemies? <laughs> um, uh, Monty's. So you used to have Monty's uh, Traveling Reptile Show. It uh, was uh, like a big kind of local television show in Calgary. And I don't know if Monty's alive anymore, but I remember like meeting him at the Calgary Stampede, which is our big like yearly event where everyone dresses up like a cowboy. <laughs> and, and as a kid, I remember meeting uh, Monty and it wasn't as nice as I thought he would be. <laughs> so <laughs> he's my Calgary themed em- enemy, I guess. Calgary uh, nemesis. I don't know. Oh, I have a rivalry with like, so uh, people I like very most often chat with from a day to day basis are the are a group of guys who we will uh, term the f word guys. Uh, we don't we don't we actually use the actual word when we refer to ourselves in our group chat. But it's uh, my friend who's at Chat Friendly. Uh, his name's Ian Day, uh, who was a part of my kind of sketch group or whatever it was that we had, and then uh, my friend uh, Evan Wilson. And then my buddy Ryan Kukak, and uh, I would say that Evan for a while was my, like, uh, go-to Calgary-themed enemy because I would just, like, uh, trash talk him being from Amherst, Nova Scotia, (laughs) and make fun of Amherst a lot. And uh, we used to have kind of a friendly rivalry, but now we're, we're all in this group chat. Till the end of time so. oh that's great um yeah evan wilson used to be around on twitter more but now i guess he's like running pipelines uh through the environment or something so yeah shout out to evan yeah. <laughs> he, he works for can uh, well i won't say who he works for but yeah. he, he made his tweets <laughs> private for a while and then now i think he after i think a lot of people jettisoned off twitter uh, uh post trump because it was that whole thing of like mm. only this political content was getting a lot of play yeah. And at that time, I even felt like I was like, should I just give up? Like, should I just focus on performing stand up or whatever it was? Instagram stories. But then I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, Instagram stories. And then I, but what I did was I just plugged through. I just like, uh, and through that was like another fruitful period in Twitter where like my one of my heroes retweeted <laughs> me. So like, I I don't know. I think like you can't if you if you find it a useful way to creatively express yourself then just don't stop yeah i agree keep on doing it yeah keep on doing it that's the theme so the next question comes from avery Rajella (laughs) at cold fries on twitter and he asks jeff who is your favorite calgary millennial so i'm actually still a millennial so i think (laughs) i think i'll I'll qualify myself as my favorite calgary millennial i think avery wants me to say that it's him yeah i think he was kind Uh, of fishing he was definitely yeah i think he's kind of fishing i would i would definitely and no i think avery is like or maybe like uh he's like top think like even like Will Weldon would be a Calgary millennial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Amanda Perrin's also a millennial. We're all millennials. Yeah. So, uh, so, me too. Uh, Avery, I'm not don't from Calgary. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just – Avery's so – he's another person who's so, so funny and so talented and such a good writer and such a nice 
good human being in person and also has the ability to do stand-up. So every now and then, like, I go through runs where I start up different kind of open mic shows or talk shows or different live shows. And I like to feature people who aren't necessarily everyday stand-up comedians but are super funny either on Twitter or in real life. Like, And uh, Cold Fries, uh, uh, Avery is such a funny person and has uh his uh, like there's so many people sometimes in the city who who are like the pop culture train is just a little slower than like what the references would be in uh toronto <laughs> or like like they're still like talking about like oh like nickelback sucks or like some like there if you go to like some open mics or whatever it is there's but there's like a crop of young people who are like really like they like to like know what lit means or whatever it is, or they like <laughs> using all the slang or whatever. And I think that like like Avery like listens to rap music and watches basketball and I don't know. So I guess he's my favorite millennial. He's he's <laughs> giving me free candy from time to time at the place that oh, he works at. So that is the sweetest plum. So yeah, sh- shout out to Cold yeah. Fries. I don't even know. Like I guess I kind of uh, met him on Twitter through you, I guess. Uh, and the Calgary connection. But yeah, just like a dude on Twitter and yeah, very funny and like real, a real taste of Calgary millennial life, <laughs> right? A real slice I, of life. And he, he's followed by uh, Graham Clark, I think. And I think he's like, he has some pretty cool followers. And I think also it's one of those cases that I'm sure you'll either his Twitter will take off and he'll do enough writing or his comedy stuff will take off. If he decides to focus on that, it's just up to like, it depends on what he decides he wants to kind of do, but just like an actual like person who makes me laugh. And all these people that I mentioned from Calgary are all people that like, I'm super excited to see in person. I was just at, I was at the John Mulaney concert with Evan, uh, who I mentioned a couple days ago and it was just filled with Calgary comedy writer type people throughout the audience and as i was leaving i ran into at cold fries and and i was like oh that was a highlight yeah that's great (laughs) although mulaney was a highlight he was oh mulaney i can't say enough about mulaney my favorite uh stand-up comedian for sure i'm gonna be checking him out in september at jfl 42 in toronto so if any mulaney fans are out there come uh, on now oh go ahead no that's it i was i was gonna say that (laughs) he was so good and so amazing that, that I think he might be like the best of this generation of stand-up comics. Wow. Uh, it was awesome. It was yeah. so good. I yeah. can't wait. Uh, truly my favorite by far. Uh, check out everything he does, except maybe the failed TV show. Uh, but for sure, one of the best stand-ups, uh, if not the best at the moment, in my opinion, John Mulaney. Everyone, check him out. Cool. At Mulaney on Twitter. Okay, we come to the final question uh, of the Calgary-themed questions, and it comes from, often mentioned on this show, Will Weldon. And you can find him on Twitter, at Old Man Weldon. Uh, and his question is simply, Jeff, what is Calgary? Um, I think Will has uh, kind of lost his roots a little bit, because I think he would know what, what Calgary uh, is, I guess, but uh, it's like a city uh, in the Midwest of Canada, population about two million, bounded, boundaried by, uh, um, I guess, Airdrie to the north and Okotoks to the south. It's more of like, uh, yeah, it's it's more of a city than a concept. Home of I the guess. stampede, so, Jeff. Home of the stampede. Uh, 
Uh, Calgary's like Calgary's slogan should be like we're near Banff <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Poor I don't know, Calgary. Like, but there's so much there's such a the one thing I'll say is that like Calgary you can actually like go on stage and like try stuff out without any consequences. Right. And there's like lots of young people looking for stuff to do. So you can create stuff and people will come and check it out and stuff like that. So in terms of developing as a comedy person or like building a community around yourself, you can totally do it here versus trying to participate in something that already exists in say a larger city like Toronto could be a bit intimidating and you might be overwhelmed with the amount of options in terms of performing and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so uh, any up and coming Toronto comedians head out to Calgary. Uh, it's just less pressure. Yes. And um, I also just want to say that like all the people from like people I met from Toronto, yourself, all these kind of last Sabbath people and all these people who I've kind of come, come into contact with via Twitter uh, have been so supportive and so awesome. And so uh, I feel like there was at a certain point where I was like, felt more connected with that, what was going on, at least in Toronto comedy versus what I was participating here in Calgary. So, so I think like that's really, I don't know, I, from my perspective, people have been really cool and really nice and continue to write lots of stuff. Uh, I like uh, that uh, Stephen Risk <laughs> uh, <laughs> Twitter account. I don't know who runs uh, it, but it makes yeah. me laugh. So yeah, hard I'm not 100% sure who created that or runs it, but we do. I do have a sneaking suspicion that I know who it is. Uh, yeah, very funny. At Stephen Risk, I think, uh, on Twitter. Uh, Up-and-coming <laughs> comedian from uh, Halton region. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, so funny <laughs> it's yeah just like musings on comedy itself uh pretty funny stuff so yeah i guess that brings us to the end of the show if there's anything that you are promoting uh anything you want to do a shout out uh now is that time follow my uh friend ryan because he's or like go to any of uh my friend ryan kukex shows in toronto if you or Toronto-based listenership uh, because I think he's like a hilariously talented, good person uh, and super, super funny. And then, uh, I don't know, I started making t-shirt designs uh, and found a place that was printing t-shirts really cheap and stuff like that. So I made like just dumb puns that I wouldn't tweet, but I was like, oh, this would be good on a t-shirt. So <laughs> Not go good buy enough my... <laughs> for a tweet, but good enough for a t-shirt. <laughs> good enough to wear on your body, but not yeah. enough to like not on your feed with yeah. your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not not to casual, not something to be casually ignored, but something to wear on your body. Yeah, but right. I made a t-shirt that um, I don't know who it's for, but I know fidget spinners <laughs> were big, and I thought, oh, like I uh, could make a pun with that, so I made a t-shirt with oj simpson trying on the like bloody glove uh and then put a photoshop like a fidget spinner silhouette so it's like all in silhouette pretty cool t-shirt uh and it says <laughs> if it doesn't fit you must fidget or something like that uh, okay uh uh-huh. and it's i think if you have a child that's into fidget spinners and was into the recent five part oj simpson documentary <laughs> on espn uh this would be a perfect coming together of those worlds so yeah. if they have a birthday like a third birthday coming up or like maybe a first christmas like go to society6.com and search for uh american fidget story is the name of 
the t-shirt <laughs> and purchase it and i will get two of the 30 dollars oh that my it sells god for. <laughs> oh my god what so. a great what a great deal so uh, yeah, yeah maybe you send me the link and i'll put it in the show notes so listeners you can go to the show notes for this episode and click the link buy that shirt <laughs> i the part of me wants it to like just become this huge t-shirt uh and part of me uh thinks it's like the worst ever but i've been like just making stupid t-shirts the uh you want it to be the I'm next happy. uh che shirt or whatever do you remember that yeah like the che leno. leno uh another person like uh jason uh Wolner yeah. is another like another person whose aesthetic is exactly like what i enjoy so that's uh, that's why i ended up i think probably making the the fidget spinner oj simpson yeah, bonus sure, shout out to Jason Walliner so. at J Walliner yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes. So yeah. Um, okay. yeah, I guess that brings us to the end of the show, and now I play the music and we say goodbye. Okay. So bye. Thanks so much for coming onto the show, Jeff. No problem. Are we gonna post talk? Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, yeah, check Jeff out on Twitter at Jeff De Silva. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Jeff. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at FOTSPod and send a question for future guests. You may also want to follow me online at SkinnerSteven for all your pun needs. Next week's episode is a very fun one indeed. My guest is Sarah Joy Shockey at Sarah Joy Shockey on Twitter. It was one of my fun, the more fun episodes, so be sure not to miss it. Uh, please subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast app, and also please rate and review. We just need a couple more reviews before Apple will publish a rating, so please help us out. Uh, as always, you can visit stevenwskinner.com. It's got all the episodes and everything. Thank you so much for listening, and have a good one. <laughs>